Welcome to Fountain of Life Worship Center's podcast. We're glad you're here with us today. Today you will hear a message previously recorded from our pastor, youth pastor, or a guest speaker. Join us as we know God, grow in God, and go with God today. Let's jump into the message. But Ephesians chapter 3, verse number 14. Isaiah, if you have that, if you'd bring it up. For this cause I bow my knees unto the Father of our Lord Jesus Christ, of whom the whole family in heaven and earth is named, that he would grant you according to the riches of his glory to be strengthened with might by his Spirit in the inner man, that Christ may dwell in your hearts by faith, that ye, being rooted and grounded in love, may be able to comprehend with all saints what is the breadth and the length and the depth and the height, and to know the love of Christ which passeth knowledge, that ye might be filled with all the fullness of God, now unto him that is able to do exceeding abundantly above all that we ask or think, according to the power that worketh in us, unto him be glory in the church by Christ Jesus throughout all ages, world without end. Amen. I'm going to ask Brother Randy Saunders if you would bless the word this morning. Amen. Air high five somebody. Let them know you're glad they are here. We're still talking about growth this morning. And last week we began and we talked about how we grow in the Word. And this week I want to change course a little bit and go with the topic of we grow because we pray. How many knows prayer is an important part of our growth process? You know, why should we pray? You know, a lot of times we as individuals, I think we miscomprehend what prayer is. We don't quite understand it. You see, we pray for the will of God. And we're not going to change his mind. Understand that. So somebody says, so when we pray, why do we pray if we're not going to change God's mind? Understand this. The will of God is that we live and not die. The will of God is that he sent his son to the cross, that we have healing, we have salvation. So when we pray, we know that it's God's will to heal. So when we begin to pray and we ask these things in Jesus' name, we're asking that God's will be done. A lot of times we don't get God's will for our life because we don't speak to him about his will for our lives. You see, but me as an individual, and I read the word of God, why should we pray? I believe the word is very Uh, uh, evident it's very realistic and it lets us know that it is the duty of every Christian that we should pray that all men should pray I believe the Bible is very clear that it is a privilege as saints of God that we get to pray it is a privilege to pray to the creator of the world I think as a Christian it is a powerful means of grace when we pray and I believe the, the Bible backs all those things up. The word is noticeably clear that God's people are to be praying people. Now, just in the Old Testament alone, there are numerous, uh, I mean, without end, examples of men and women who prayed fervently. One of the, the Old Testament prayers 
uh, I believe it because it hit so close to home with us with my sister when she was trying to conceive a child and the doctors told her that she couldn't. I can remember there's a story in the Bible of a lady named Hannah who prayed and begged God to give her a son. And I want to read that just for a moment. Isaiah, if you'll bring up 1 Samuel chapter 1. It says, Then said Elkanah, her husband, to her, Hannah, why weepest thou? And why eatest thou not? And why is thy heart grieved? Am not I better to thee than ten sons? So Hannah rose up after they had eaten in Shiloh and after they had drunk. Now Eli the priest sat upon a seat by a post of the temple of the Lord. And she was in bitterness of soul and prayed unto the Lord and wept sore. And she vowed a vow and said, O Lord of hosts, if thou wilt indeed look on the affliction of thy handmaid and remember me and not forget thy handmaid. Next. All right, I got to find it now. He's, where are we? Verse 12. And it came to pass as she continued praying before the Lord that Eli marked her mouth or he noticed her mouth. Now Hannah spake in her heart, not only her, lip, only her lips moved, but her voice was not heard. Therefore Eli thought she had been drunken. And Eli said to her, How long will thou be drunken? Put away thy wine from thee. And Hannah answered and said, No, my Lord, I am a woman of sorrowful spirit. I have drunk neither wine nor strong drink, but have poured out my soul before the Lord. Count not thy handmaid for a daughter of Belial. For out of the abundance of my complaint and grief have I spoken hitherto. Then Eli answered and said, Go in peace, and the God of Israel grant thee thy petition and thou hast asked, that thou have asked of him. And she said, Let thy handmaid find grace in thy sight. So the woman went her way and did not eat, and her countenance was no more sad. So the Bible says that after God answered Hannah's prayer, she prayed again a prayer of thanksgiving. So not only did she pray and ask God for a child, but when God gave her child, she prayed a prayer of thanksgiving. One of my favorite prayers of thanksgiving is in Luke chapter 1 when Mary prayed a prayer of thanksgiving. And it's in Luke chapter 1 verse 46 and says, And Mary said, My soul doth magnify the Lord, and my spirit hath rejoiced in God my Savior, for he hath regarded the low estate of his handmaiden. For behold, from henceforth all generations shall call me blessed. For he that is mighty hath done to me great things, and holy is his name. And his mercy is on them that fear him from generation to generation. And he hath shown strength with his arm, and hath scattered the proud in the imagination of their hearts. He hath put down the mighty and their seats, and exalted them of low degree." He hath filled the hungry with good things, and the rich he hath sent empty away. He hath hoped his servant Israel in remembrance of his mercy. As he spake to our fathers, to Abraham, and to his seed forever. Again, after we see the prayer of thanksgiving of Mary thanking God. But Hannah's prayer is one example of multitudes of Old Testament prayers. David has a collection of prayers all throughout the Psalms. In the New Testament, 
amazing, amazing prayers. Uh, Jesus himself even prays some amazing prayers in the New Testament. But my point is, if prayer is a characteristic of those before us, should it not be a characteristic of children of God today? I believe prayer is vital, especially if we want to grow. If you like being stagnant and stale and old, stay there. If you want to grow, get in the Word. Get into prayer. Do those things. The Word of God is full, I mean full, of verses that is urging people to pray. Romans chapter 12, verse 12. Rejoice in hope, patient in tribulation, continuing in instant in prayer Paul says in 1 Corinthians chapter 7 verse 5 he says defraud ye not one the other except it be with consent for a time that ye may give yourself to fasting and prayer and come together again that Satan tempt you not for your what Woo. Philippians chapter 4 verse 6 Be careful for nothing but in everything by prayer and supplication with thanksgiving. Let your requests be made known unto God. Paul told Timothy in 1 Timothy 4 and 5, For it is sanctified by the word of God and prayer. Jesus himself in chapter 18 of Luke's gospel makes this statement, and I love this portion of scripture, but in Luke chapter 18 verse 1, Jesus tells the parable of the unjust judge, and he says, and he spake a parable unto them to this end, that men ought always to pray and not to faint, saying, there was a city, a judge, which feared not God, neither regarded man, And there was a widow in that city, and she came unto him, saying, Avenge me of mine adversary. And he would not for a while, but afterward he said within himself, Though I fear not God, nor regard man, yet because the widow troubleth me, she kept bugging him, is what he's saying, I will avenge her, least by her continual coming she weary me. She wore him out. She would not leave him alone. And God says, Jesus said, hear what the unjudged judge saith. Listen to me. He would, she would not leave him alone. The judge didn't want to do anything to avenge her or to, to even be good to her. But because she kept going to him, that's what Jesus wants from us. He wants us to keep coming, being persistent in prayer. Jesus speaks in in this parable something we should pray. He said we should pray and not faint. The reason that church folk are fainting in these last days is we're not praying anymore. Instead of getting in the Word of God and filling ourselves with good stuff and getting on on our knees and going before the throne of God, we are filling our minds with CNN, MSNBC, Fox News, and whatever else, and we're letting that stuff tear us down and apart. He said that men ought to pray. Noticeably, it is a necessity if you and I want to grow in God. When Jesus says ought to do something, it should become a priority of ours. You know, uh, Shelby said a couple weeks ago, there's nothing more that I like to do than pray for people. But sometimes you just have to do it yourself. You have to do it yourself. Well, Pastor, I don't have oil. Heat up some Crisco. Get the WD-40 out. I mean, Valvoline, it does. I mean, 
throw that stuff on there and pray. But prayer is a duty of a child of God. But prayer is also a privilege of a child of God. Think about that. Paul talks about the consequences of our justification. He says in Romans chapter 5, verse 1 and 2, Therefore, being justified by faith, we have peace with God through our Lord Jesus Christ, by whom also we have access by faith into this grace, wherein we stand and rejoice in hope of the glory of God. Now, in the Old Testament... Access was limited to God. You remember, there was a separation of the holy place and the holy of holies in the temple. You could pray, but we were kept a distance from the presence of God. The only person that could go into the presence of God was the high priest, and that was only one day out of the year that the high priest was permitted to enter into the holy of holies. There was a thick curtain that we call the wall of separation that guarded the entrance. Now think about this and understand this because this is shouting time. There was a wall of separation that kept us from accessing the holy of holies. But Christ gave us peace with God. Now we can enter by our prayers into the holy of holies. And in fact, Hebrews says not only can we go there and have access there, but he said once we get there, we can have boldness of speech or freedom of speech, and we can ask for anything in the holy of holies. Now, Paul begins to talk about this, and, and, and we talk about what a privilege it is to prayer. And the goal of prayer and spiritual growth is that you and I can have communion with, with God. I mean, listen to me. Understand this. We can have communion with the one who said, let there be. And there was. We can have a conversation, and it's not one way. One-on-one. -on -one. Go with me to Ephesians chapter 5. Ephesians chapter 5, verse 25. Husbands, don't get too excited. This ain't really about you. Husbands. Love your wives, even as Christ also loved the church and gave himself for it, that he might sanctify and cleanse it with the washing of water by the word, that he might present it to himself a glorious church, not having a spot or wrinkle or any such thing, but that it should be holy and without blemish. So ought men to love their wives as their own bodies. He that loveth his wife loveth himself, for no man ever yet hated his own flesh but nourished and cherished it even as the lord even as the lord the church for we are members of his body of his flesh and of his bones for this cause shall a man leave his father and mother and shall be joined unto his wife and the two shall become one flesh this is a great mystery but i speak concerning christ and the church nevertheless let every one of you in in particular so love his wife, even as himself, 
and the wife see that she reverence her husband. Paul is trying to tell us that marriage is two people making themselves gifts to one another. And when we do a wedding, there's a moment in a wedding that I will ask who's giving the bride away, and normally it's the dad. And I will ask a question and I will say, who gives this woman to marry this man? And the dad will normally answer, her mother and I. You see, the dad is giving his daughter as a gift to the husband, the man. Think about this. Christ gave himself for the bride. Christ gave himself for the bride. So the relationship is based on Christ's gift of himself for us, the believer. And the Holy Ghost gives us the gift that unites us, and that's faith. And the whole relationship with God is based on grace. You didn't earn it. You didn't deserve it. You didn't buy it. He gave it. It is a gift. And at the foot of the cross, I don't care what skin color, what nationality, how much money, what, I mean, nothing. There's no social status. There's no nothing. At the foot of the cross, Jesus made us equal. Talena and I were dating and we, we loved each other. But we wanted to take that love, that intimacy a step further and we understood that marriage was the next step. God bless her soul. Our union with Christ goes deeper than this. Our, un our union with Christ, if I'm on this side of the door and you're on that side of the door, one of us has to cross the threshold to get to the other. You go through the door, you walk across the threshold, you move outside to inside the room. When you have made this step, this walk, through the door, guess what? You are in the room. I'm, I'm over some of y'all's heads right now. In order, Randy, for you to be in the room, you have to move in the room from the outside of it. <laughs> this is important because this is where we miss it with prayer. The New Testament tells us to believe in Christ and calls us to a faith in Christ. The Greek word for in is E-I-S. And it's important because it means in two. We are called to believe into Christ. <laughs> Once we believed into Christ and we embrace Christ, then guess what? The Spirit of God dwells inside of us. Christ in 
us. So once we step into this union with Christ, we're born of the Spirit and we're given the gift of faith. We move into Christ. We move into the room. We step in. Then we are in Christ and Christ is in us. Us. This union with Christ is the foundation of Christian unity. We have to understand this. Church, we better get over our issues. Some of us, we are racist. Some of us, we, are, we can say what, oh Lord, have mercy, help me. If I'm in Christ, Randy, and you're in Christ, happy, you're in Christ, then spiritually we are united. There is no white church. There is no black church. It is us. And why in the world has this place, not our church, but the church, become the most segregated place in the world? I get tired of hearing people say, I go to the black church. What's that? We are brothers and sisters in Christ, we're a family. Disagreements come. I'm in a family. I understand that. But we are united as one. And here's the key to marriage. Here's the key to the racism and all the stuff that's going on in our world right now. It is called communion. 52% of all marriages end in divorce. 95% of those end because communication shuts down. How are we going to fix problems if we don't even talk to each other? I hear it all the time. When people come to talk to me about the, the, their marriages and, and ask for pastoral guidance. Well, my, my spouse never talks to me. When communion fails, communion has to break down. Talena used to do something, and I wish she'd go back to it because I loved it. it, just, it we, but she would have this jar at the table. And every day, Talena's one that loves to have the, she, she's on to us all the time. Let's have dinner at the table. We're going to talk. Give us your highs and your lows for the day. What was good? What was bad? We're going to have a conversation. We did that. We still do that. Another thing she used to do, though, we had a jar We'd reach down in that jar, and Riley or Isaiah every week would pick out, or that day would pick out the topic, and it would say, what's your favorite dinosaur? What's your favorite this? What, what would you do if this happened? But it just got us around the table talking. As a family, church, 52% of all marriages end in divorce because we don't Talk. When communication fails, everything fails. It's no different with Christ. If we don't talk to Him, how do we expect to have a relationship with Him? And our problem is, we want to do all the talking. If Christ had a complaint against his church today, he would tell us that his bride does not want to talk to him. Remember, prayer is a privilege, and we have failed to take advantage of the privilege of prayer. 
to commune with Christ. You see, breakdown in relationship because we've forgotten to communicate. Well, I don't feel as close to God as I used to. He never went anywhere. He's not went anywhere. He's waiting on us to come back to Him. You see, not only does my wife like to communicate, but she likes, she likes it if I delight in her. She likes it when I show her affection. I fail at this horribly, though. But she likes it when I do it. The kiss on the forehead, bye. I love you. Shoulder rub. Words of affirmation. That song you wrote, it was beautiful. I loved it. Talena and Isaiah are love bugs. They like to, to, to they love all that stuff. Men Riley are high five, good night, see you in the morning. Isaiah, still to this day at times, he'll come and I'll be on the recliner, kick back, and he'll just crawl up on the recliner with me. And I'm like, oh, my Lord, son. You got the sharpest tailbone of any kid I know. But me and Riley, high five, love you, girl. See you in the morning. All's well. But two people that have affection for one another take delight in being with each other. It's a communication of love from the bride to the bridegroom. Prayer is like love letters or cards from a spouse. God loves it when we pray. It, it's not enough to pray because Christ said we ought to. Beyond the ought to, we should want to. There should be a discipline about us that we want to. There should be a delight about being in the presence of God. He says it's a privilege. Psalm 37 verse 4 says, Delight thyself also in the Lord, and he shall give thee the desires of thine heart. We read that and think, my Lord, he'll give me anything I want. I promise you, if you're delighting yourself in him, your desires will be his desires. He'll not have a problem doing that. When I delight myself with my wife, she wants to do more nice things for me. She'll give me gifts. She gives me foot rubs and back rubs and maybe even a steak dinner. But when I don't delight in her, <laughs> never mind. Kind of turns into the grumpy Fred Flintstone and she puts me outside on the, the porch with the cat and the dog. But prayer is a means. Not only is it a duty and a privilege, but prayer is the means as to how we bring the power of God into our situations. You see, I said it earlier, but remember people that used to say prayer changes things? Remember when people used to have that little acronym, push, pray until something happens? Prayer does change things. And the number one thing it changes is me. See, we want to go pray, God, I want to pray for them and them and them and they're horrible people. And, you know, really, we need to change. 
God needs to change us. Go with me to James chapter 5. James chapter 5, verse 13. Is any among you afflicted? Let him what? Is any merry? Let him sing psalms. Is any sick among you? Let him call for the elders of the church and let them pray over him, anointing him with oil in the name of the Lord. And the prayer of faith shall save the sick and the Lord shall raise him up and if he committed sins, they shall be forgiven him. Confess your faults one to another and pray one for another that ye may be healed. The effectual fervent prayer of a righteous man availeth much. I love that part. Elias was a man subject to like passions as we are and he prayed earnestly that it might not rain and it, not, and it rained not on the earth by the space of three years and six months. And he prayed again and the heaven gave rain and the earth brought forth fruit that verse said that that the, the the effectual fervent prayer of a righteous man avails much it makes an impact daffy that's what happens it it makes an impact it is effective it has power prayer is a means that god uses to bring about his intended ending Doctors may have said death, but God said, I've come to give you life. The Word says that God uses preaching the gospel as a power unto salvation. He uses the power of praying to bring redemption. Our prayers cannot force God to do anything, church. Understand that. But He uses them to bring about His will. Your prayers, you know, people say, well, then my prayers are just wasted. Your prayers are never wasted. Prayer works. And that's the great incentive of prayer. I've said it a lot. The reason a lot of people don't pray is we don't know how. And as a minister, we always tell you all what you need to do, and we rarely tell you how to do it. I can tell you to pray until I'm blue in the face I can lay the guilt trip on you now Daffy you know you should be praying but I should be showing you how to pray most people will tell you their prayer lives are suffering and it's not what they should be why? because they don't know how to pray the disciples Jesus teach us to pray. It gives us not only an actual prayer to pray, but it says, here's a pattern. Follow this pattern. Go with me to Luke chapter 11. And it came to pass that as he was praying in a certain place, when he ceased, one of his disciples said unto him, Lord, teach us to pray as John also taught his disciples. And he said unto them, When ye pray, say, Our Father which art in heaven, hallowed be thy name, thy kingdom come, thy will be done, as in heaven, so in earth. Give us day by day our daily bread. And forgive us our sins, for we also forgive everyone that is indebted to us. And lead us not into temptation, but deliver us from evil. Now, 
Again, he's not just giving us an actual prayer to pray. He's giving us a pattern. He's saying, our Father. You see, at this time, the Jews didn't call him Father, only Jesus. And he said, here's an invitation to call him Daddy. (laughs) Here is an invitation to call him Daddy. And he said, not only that, but hallowed be thy name. He's He's holy. When we pray, we need to regard him as being holy. Jesus then asks, he says, the kingdom of God to be triumph. He said, we need to pray, thy kingdom come, thy will be done in heaven, so in earth. There's a link between God's holy name and thy kingdom come. Thy will be done on earth as in heaven. We can't expect his will to be done unless we first recognize that he's holy. Remember, according to Isaiah chapter 6, God is surrounded by seraphims and they are crying, Holy, holy, holy. You and I have to start our prayers by bowing in reverence and acknowledging Him as a holy God, not a sugar daddy. We're not laying me down to sleep. I pray the Lord my soul to keep. That's not the prayer we're praying. We're getting down on our knees and we're reverencing Him as holy. As a holy God. The Lord's prayer emphasizes the kingdom of God and His glory. Our prayer should do the very same thing. This means that when we pray, I have to go beyond my own circumstances and my own needs. And I have to pray for the will of God to be done. Not what I expect to happen. Is that not what we do? We know better than God, so we kneel down on our knees and we pray and we say, God, this is what I want. We ever thought, God, here's the situation. Your will be done in this situation. This means, again, I have to go beyond my circumstances. My prayers have to be focused on the work of Christ and the work of the kingdom, not so much spending the time telling the Lord all my needs or my wants. Our prayers, as Talena comes, they have to be about the gospel and having an effective impact on the world. So when you break this prayer down, I'm going to teach you to pray right now. Set aside a specific time every day to pray. Well, pastor, no. Set aside a specific time every day. Put it in your calendar. Block it off and say you're not getting this time. If it's 6 o'clock every morning, let it be 6 o'clock every morning, but you're not getting this time. I'm blocking this off from my time with God. Brother Carter, from when he used to go to Mill Creek years ago before he passed away, and I always brag on him, I loved it. But Brother Carter, went down in his uh, basement, had a prayer room. He had his altar, and it did not matter who was at his house. Every single day, at two specific times, he would say, you'll have to excuse me for a minute. I got to go down in my basement and have time of prayer. Block off your calendar. Give him an hour of your day and say, I'm going to spend this time in your word and in prayer and have a quiet place. Lord, have mercy, have a quiet place. You cannot pray effectively with everything going on in the background. 
Jesus always, 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 it would say he would get off to a quiet place to pray. Your mind needs to be with God, not on everything that's going on around you. Find a quiet place, you two. <laughs> pray out loud. Why is it important that you pray out loud? One, remember, you're by yourself. Nobody can hear you. But you need to hear what you're telling God. Because there's times I pray and I'm like, did I really just say that? But we need to hear what we're telling God. Jesus was alone in the garden and the Bible says that he prayed out loud. Let the Lord's Prayer, what we just did, be our pattern. Not just the words, but let it be our pattern. Go through the Ten Commandments and say, God, where's my heart? Thou shalt not. Where am I at right here? Deal with my heart. Our Father in heaven. Recognize Him as Daddy. Approach Him like a child. My kids have no doubt half the time when they come to me and say, Can I have? It's... We need to approach Him with faith. He says, Hallowed be thy name. Remember, He's holy. Worship, praise, give Him thanks, and just honor Him as God. Your kingdom come, thy will be done. Church, heaven's a perfect place. And God's will is done in heaven. And He said, so we should ask that God would have His way in our lives and the affairs of the world that's going on right now. God wants, I mean, she sung it in the song. I mean, He brought heaven down. Pray for your church leaders. Pray for your state leaders, your county leaders. Pray for our, the, our country. Pray for our communities. Pray for Israel. Give us this day our daily bread. This is when we begin to ask God to take care of our needs, spiritually and physically. Not just, not just our wants. And I believe one of the most important part of our prayer is forgive us our debts and our debtors. The most important part of our prayer is repentance. We've been doing little Bible studies with our kids and it's got a prayer journal every night that they have to write in. And every night, Riley goes through and reads her prayer journal and she says, if I've done anything today, forgive me. That needs to be in our prayer. And not only, God, is there anything in my life that I've done that's unpleasing or unwilling to you, forgive me. We need to even go a step further and say, God, if there's things in my life that I can't see that are that's unnoticeable to me, will you bring them to the front and let me realize that these things are keeping me from a closer walk with you. These things are a stumbling block to somebody else. Somebody's watching me and they're seeing me do this very thing and it's keeping them from a relationship with you. Show me those things. Lead us not into temptation, but deliver us from evil. Ask God for His provision. Ask God for His protection to lead us and to guide us. And in the very same way you started, thank Him, worship Him, 
Don't just go down on your knees and start asking him for a bunch of stuff. Acknowledge him. He wants a relationship with you. And the very last thing you should do in your prayer, and I think it's important, if you pray with music, turn it off and just lay there in silence for a few moments and say, God, I've said everything that I know to say to you today. What do you got to say to me? Because a lot of times we'll pray for a good solid 20, 30, 40 minutes and we stop and just say amen. But when do we stop and listen? God, now speak to my heart. Jesus gave us the pattern. And I'd say it's the best way to pray. The important thing is, is that we do pray. We grow. We need a rock-solid prayer life in these last days. We need to be deeper and we need to be stronger than we've ever been in our lives. And I close with these benefits to prayer. David said in the time of trouble in Psalm 91, he says, Because he hath set his love upon me, therefore will I deliver him. I will set him on high because he hath known my name. He shall call upon me and I will answer him. I will be with him in trouble. I will deliver him and honor him. In the times of temptation, Matthew chapter 26 verse 41 says, Watch and pray that you enter not into temptation. The spirit indeed is willing, but the flesh is weak. In our times of need, remember Isaiah chapter 41 verse 17, when the poor and the needy seek water and there is none and their tongue faileth for thirst I the Lord will hear them I the God of Israel will not forsake them when we want communion with God and we want a relationship remember Proverbs chapter 8 verse 17 I love them that love me and those that seek me early shall find me church prayer has to get back to being important in our lives can we stand I want to go back to before the sermon when we were talking about the name of Jesus. I said at the name of Jesus there's salvation. The Bible declares that at some point, at some time every knee shall bow and every tongue shall confess that Jesus is Lord. Why not today? Why not right now? Why not today you call on the name of Jesus? What a wonderful name it is. What a powerful name it is. This morning, if you're lost and you don't know Jesus, how about stepping out and stepping forward, falling to your knees and calling on the name of Jesus. If you're here and you're lost, would you come? Call out the name of Jesus. At the name of Jesus, strongholds fall. Some of you may be battling things in your life, strongholds, barriers that are keeping you from a closer walk with Jesus. But at the name of Jesus, those strongholds fall today. If that's you, would you come and let us pray with you?
You say, Pastor, I just got some things in my life that is keeping me from a right relationship, a stronger relationship, a closer relationship. Somebody's got to be first, church. Somebody's got to be first. At the name of Jesus, there's healing. If you're here this morning and you need healing in your body, what better day than right now to see Jesus heal? Anybody else? Anybody else? Salvation, strongholds, closer walk, healing. Come, come. Those of you back there, if you would just begin to raise your hands, if you'd begin to sing and worship as Talena sings, we're going to pray. And we're going to pray for healing. We're going to be praying. There's some right now. You need to give in. God's ready to save some people. God's ready to touch some people right now. If you're just willing to call out the name of Jesus right now, He's ready to save. He's ready to save. Well, Pastor, i got to do this and i got to do this. i got to get everything right. You're never going to get it right never going to get it right the only way is through the name of Jesus Thanks for listening with us today. We hope that you have been challenged, inspired, or God has changed you somehow or in some way by what you have heard. If you would like to learn more about Fountain of Life Worship Center, find us at our website at folwc.com, on Facebook at facebook.com folwc, or in person. If you have a prayer request that you would like us to join in praying with you, please head to our prayer page at folwc.com prayer and click the image that reads prayer request. If you'd like to support this ministry, you can go to our website, folwc.com, and click Give at the top of the page. Join us every Thursday for a new podcast. Hit subscribe on the Apple Podcast app, Spotify, or wherever you get your podcasts to keep up with our most recent podcast episode. Have a great day, and God bless you all.